Welcome to Campbell and Cohen's Kooky Quarantine. I'm Seamus Campbell. <laughs> I'm Ben Cohen. And we're joined by our good friend, Charles Myers. How are you doing, Charles? Oh, uh, you know, uh, just hanging out, enjoying the spring. I'd enjoy it a lot more if I could leave my house. <laughs> well, you can leave your house. You just can't, like, involve yourself with other people. Yeah, there are a bunch of, like, my, my neighborhood is filled with children who do not believe in social distancing guidelines. So, house it is. Would Obviously, they're not. easier for you if we made you uh, cook for us over the internet again? I mean, I could do that. Although I'm I'm living my best uh, business business up here at athleisure pants below life, so that that'll be kind of awkward for everyone. Oh. <laughs> I see. Okay, listeners, what Charles is trying to tell us is that he's not wearing pants. No, I'm I'm wearing pants. They're just not dress pants, so that this does not match. Listeners, Charles is also wearing a white collar shirt because he is always professionally dressed. I frankly yeah. refuse to believe that you're not wearing dress pants if you're wearing pants at all. Yeah, no, this this is this is uh this is one of my fun shirts though. It's got a purple paisley pattern on it, which shows up a lot better in person than it does over my webcam. You I remind me I cannot tell from here at all. You remind me of the city councilman in New York who will go uh nameless, who I've never seen uh not in a suit, like even in casual times, because I've known the guy for about a decade. Regardless, I found out that he uh instead of like pajamas or whatever, he wears scrubs to bed. I mean, that's an option. Which they I learned just like two weeks ago, they sell that in CVS. So there's, there's actually a fun story behind uh, why I dress this way at all times. When I was first running for chair of the Young Democrats of Wisconsin, one of the people who wanted to run against me was talked out of doing it by a lot of people. I would have won anyway, but she, uh, she told me she was not going to run for chair under one condition. She said, Charles, you dress like a slob. You can't represent our organization that way. You need to represent our, our organization in a way that people expect. You need to dress well. Fuck you, Bridget. <laughs> <laughs> She'd seen me at like four events and they were all casual events. <laughs> She's great. She's our organization secretary. She does a lot of really great work. Uh, <laughs> when I was the uh, president of my state's Young Democrats, my parents, when they knew I was going to a function, would get on me about dressing up. And with no irony at all, my dad would give the reminder of uh, the character Alex P. Keaton from, I think it was Growing Pains, one of the old sitcoms, who was, you know, the very uh, constantly besuited young college Republican, whatever. Uh, and apparently that was the example I was supposed to follow. Mixed messages. Well, I mean, you look like a Republican, then. What does that mean? What Is I, this manly beard scream Republican to you? No, it's uh, it's really the fact that you're, uh, you're you're streaming from Kansas. We have a Democratic governor. So we've had some fun happenings in Wisconsin politics lately with our Democratic governor. You know, I hear about some of it, but I feel like you've got stories to tell, and you're going to need to. I mean, it's, it's just really remarkable. Tony could like. Tony could walk on water and they'd still call him Satan. <laughs> so this is random. My aunt and her boyfriend showed up out of nowhere to my house. Okay. 
Do we need to record a different? Did they know you were there. They yes, they knew we were here and all that, but one, they're not following social distancing, and two, well, they're both Republicans, and one of them is a Republican judge. So this is going to be interesting. I'll let my mom handle this one. Yeah, why don't you? Charles was getting ready to tell us about some of the uh, kookier goings on in Wisconsin politics right now. I I gotta say, I gotta hear about it. Yeah, so well, y'all saw our election, right? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so that was uh, that was Robin Voss um, at his finest, dressed up in uh, full personal protective equipment, telling everyone it was totally safe for them to go vote like that's that's just how they do things here are republicans they're a, they're they're a unique little group so they're they're now challenging uh tony's uh safer at home uh order in court um since they feel that the legislature should be able to have input i guess their input is we don't really uh we don't want to we don't want to be safer at home that's going to be interesting. It's being heard by our Republican majority Supreme Court. Um, the recently defeated uh, Justice uh, Kelly will not be recusing himself from any cases, including the one where they're trying to purge our voter rolls. Because you know, why would why would you do something like that? Um, oh, I was once accused of doing that. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, so it's 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 a special time to be alive. They had a they had a good piece of legislation recently that dealt with uh, li liability for, um, I think, some type of response. Um, it was unanimous, pretty much bipartisan. And uh, then Robin Voss decided to edit a few, pa a few pieces of it, and then it was no longer good legislation. <laughs> you mentioned the Republicans to fuck everything up. Yeah, well, I mean, Seamus is the chair of YDA's Disability Caucus. I'm sure you, you will recall Robin Voss. Mm -hmm. A warm oh, yeah. heart because he decided to make it so that one of our young Democratic legislators who uh, is a uh, quadriplegic from uh, a car accident where his uh, entire family was killed except for him uh, due to a drunk driver, um, he, he has to spend his time in a, in a wheelchair. Um, he can only spend, I think it's like 12 hours a day at most in the chair before it starts having health, causing health issues for him. So he asked quite reasonably to uh, be able to phone into committee hearings on occasion, as is done in our state Senate when state senators are unable to make the hearing for some reason or another. Uh, and this was just too much for Robin Voss. Um, the, the tyranny of the telephone could not stand. And so rather than make this reasonable accommodation, Robin Voss decided to functionally prevent Jimmy from being a state representative for a little while. And he'd like go out of his way to schedule votes at hours where Jimmy could not be physically present in the Capitol. It was pretty obnoxious. So then Jimmy did this thing where instead of privately saying, hey man, you're kind of being a jerk right now. And I, I, I'd really appreciate it if you stopped being a jerk. Jimmy, Jimmy and the Assembly Democrats sent out a little press release that got picked up by a few small publications uh, like the New York Times and uh, 
others. <laughs> <laughs> and it became like a big thing on social media for a while. You know, only yeah. a few uh, organizations like the Young Democrats of America picked up on it. Yeah. And, you know, the Young Dems of Wisconsin and like literally every advocacy organization. Voss, Voss started catching crap at the National Conference of State Legislatures, which legislators, which he now leads. Oh, Lord help us all. Yeah, for some reason, I, I, I can't imagine why. Then he said, and this is, this is the best part, he said that they were just doing this to damage his reputation. Oh, <laughs> Listeners, you cannot see this, but I am now playing the world's tiniest violin. Yeah, I mean, he's also like a slumlord who owns a ton of uh, rental properties that he doesn't properly maintain in uh, university areas. Like, Robin Voss is just like an all-around character stand-up guy. That's he's the type he, of person who I assume sympathizes with everyone who's upset that they can't get haircuts right now. Yeah. My father is one of them right now. And meanwhile, I just went on Amazon. I did before May Day, so. And I bought myself a hair trimmer. So next time y'all see me on... This hair is going to look a lot different and probably really butchered, but it'll grow back. Are you, gonna get, are you going to give yourself a faux hawk? Do it. Oof. Ooh. Do it, Shane. Like, I'll tell you, if we can raise, if, okay, I'll say, I'll say this. Okay, so we will, if we can raise $200 from, like, uh, I guess PayPal or whatever, me or Ben total, I will do it. Yeah. Oh, uh, I think there's going to be a link in the show notes when when this goes you up. We got a chair. Oh yes. <laughs> no, I'd say no. This way we like buy like better equipment and stuff like that. You know, we. I was the one who also got. Yeah. So earlier this week, Justin Holsenbach, our friend, uh, who is running for Fulton County Georgia Commissioner, he is asking for ways to raise money so that he and his fiance could have a date night instead of him raising money. And I said, have it that you, uh, if you raise a certain amount of money, then you have to eat pineapple pizza, which is objectively disgusting. False. Pineapple pizza is amazing. And you are just wrong. Yeah. We're going to edit that part out. (laughs) (laughs) It's good to be producer and people rose to the occasion. And there is a video, which I will try to see if I can do my hacker thing and make it public and just share everywhere of him eating the pineapple pizza. So funny story. I'm actually growing pineapples right now. Um, In Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, like, they're not an outdoor plant in the winter, obviously, but God invented grow lights in a basement for a reason. Not usually that reason, but okay. I was about to say, like, that is definitely not the climate for pineapples, but okay. We we follow the law in this house. Unless it's speeding. I speed all the fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you you just you just twist off the the top from them. You pick off a few layers of leaves from the bottom until you expose the 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 roots that are starting. And uh, you shove that down in some soil, water it once a day. Um, about half of them will take, and the other half will die. And congratulations, in two to three years, you will have your own pineapple fruits. Or pina coladas. Yeah, yeah. No, they're, they're really cool. And they're like the most low-maintenance plant ever, just FYI, in case you ever get the urge to save yourself a ton of money 
on uh, attempting to get fresh pineapple from the store. I'm not a big pineapple person, so not really a problem for me. See, that's the thing. Even if you don't like, even if you don't enjoy the taste of pineapple, the enzymes in the fruit are actually really useful for uh, cooking some types of meat when you want to really soften it up. That is true. Because usually like sweet and sour chicken uh, is cooked in pineapple. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I, I really enjoy it with pork dishes. Uh, you, um, for the, for the marinade or the basting liquid, you just have to be careful because if you put too much pineapple in for too long, you have meat slurry instead of uh, a wonderfully marinated uh, piece of meat. Could you take that a bit like a step further and make a meat smoothie out of it? Has this that, been invented? I don't believe so, but that sounds like something that should have been invented. Isn't that just what like a Slim Jim is, except that it's like dried afterward? Right, so it's not a smoothie, you have to chill it. I mean, something you put in a glass and you just, you know, you take sips out of. You know, I feel like this is something that we should do for science once the meat supply chain is no longer. I think uh, it is. In the process of collapsing. Although. Also, this borders on like the plot line to soil and green. We're not suggesting people meet yet. We have time. I'm not even going to touch that one. Yeah, no, I was I was just going to say that this might be a situation where if we succeed, there's going to be a little uh, caption next to uh, the gif of whoever ends up drinking this thing and immediately spitting it out. Um, the chef's delved too greedily and too deep. Um, <laughs> Spent so much time figuring out if you could that you didn't stop to think, damn it, I got that wrong. You should. Yeah. Uh, I, equipped. I blame my allergies. It so, is. It is now uh, May, so April showers bring many, fl- many flowers. And I'll be honest, like it has been raining like effing crazy here. Eh. Yeah, it was supposed to rain like crazy here, and then it didn't. So apparently, that's going to be Tuesday, which is just fine with me because. I have something like a hundred tomato starts and a bunch of squash and other things that are like, they need a few more days to grow uh, strong enough to hold up to any sort of prolonged rain. I'm lucky it's like really sunny out. So I actually may be able to go to the beach later and like the beach is like literally a block away. And as long as I maintain social distancing, it's safe. Right. I just won't be like a floor to the beach in your summer house. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> I can't like I, I can't get that salty there. <laughs> My dog is currently freaking out at people who clearly just came back from the lake. Uh, I have uh, I have another election in less than ten days because Wisconsin, we're a state where if somebody has a bad idea once, we try it twice just to make sure. <laughs> it's uh, good to be thorough. Yeah. And if it's a bad idea twice, I'm guessing you just make it like law? That was the way things worked in the Walker administration, yes. Mm. Actually, some bad ideas were just so objectively terrible that they didn't even wait to try them twice. They just did it. It was was an amazing time to, to be alive in Wisconsin. Yeah, we have a special election in the 7th Congressional District, which, uh, 
for those of you not familiar with Wisconsin's map, is basically the northern half of the state. Like everything from Wausau on up is uh, probably part of the seventh, with the exception of a handful of counties in northeast Wisconsin. For 40 years before 2010, it was represented by a Democrat named Dave Obey. Uh, 20 year, 2010, the year that we got our, our asses select. Yeah, and so then we elected a reality TV show personality and uh, right-wing political hack, Sean Duffy, to hold that seat um, because values voters value the real world. And he struggled in, in that seat, not, not necessarily with the job responsibilities, although he didn't do a great job there either, uh, but with getting by on a household income of $400,000 a year between he and his wife's uh, earnings before she started making even more as a media personality. It was, it was a tough time for them. And I'd, I'd like us all to think about the sort of hardships that the Duffy family endured with such a small, small amount of money that was eight times the median household income and like eh, maybe like nine or 10 times the median income in that district. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, you know, as much as I don't like the guy, uh, I do have to give him credit for actually correctly prioritizing uh, his family needs um, and resigning from Congress in order to uh, spend time with his son who was born with a birth defect. Um, that, that's, that's why we have a special election. So question, does that make him that he's now eligible to go on the real world road rules challenge? I mean, I really guess, does. I guess he could, but I don't think he would given family circumstances. Um, Just saying that's an easy way to get some quick, quick cash. I think that, I think they're all right now, mm -hmm. um, but they, they struggled for a few years financially. Also screw MTV for getting rid of the real, of getting rid of road rules. That was a much better show than the real world. Hashtag bring back road rules. In 10 days, we, we, get, to, we get to have a special election for that seat. We have uh, a Wisconsin young Democrat uh, who is too old by YDA standards, but Wisconsin goes up to 40. Um, so we have a 39-year-old. She's uh, an associate justice on the uh, Ho-Chunk Nation's uh, Supreme Court. Um, her name's Trisha Zunker. She is absolutely amazing. And uh, she's running against this guy named Tom Tiffany, who was a state senator for a long time and never met a bill uh, that allowed people to discharge industrial waste that he wasn't at least somewhat of a fan of. And, you know, water quality is kind of a big issue when your district borders on one of the Great Lakes and a large chunk of your district's economy in the northern part of the district uh, has to do with tourism. But, you know, we'll, we'll see. Um, the, the thing about the Republicans here is they're weird. They, uh, they think in-person voting is a great idea. So... In, in spite of the fact that there's a pandemic. So they might actually end up depressing their own turnout uh, in the special election, which could make all sorts of crazy things happen. Who knows? Maybe Trisha will be my congresswoman. And well, not my congresswoman, but I'm not quite that far north. 
but maybe she'll be a congresswoman 10 days from now. Um, well, she could, are you, well, after redistricting, could she maybe be your congresswoman? I'm not moving to Wausau. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> but speaking of transitions of power, Ben, I have terrible news for you. Uh, it looks like actually Kim Jong-un has reappeared. What's it? Are we sure that it's him and not like I have Weekend a- Bernie's him? That's a good point. I they did not show a picture of him, but Ben, uh, you know, many. I don't think that you should be uh, booking a plane ticket to uh, Pyongyang anytime soon. What happened? Actually, actually, what's how would you get there from Kansas? I'm guessing you would have to fly to like what uh, L.A. and then change to Beijing and then to Pyongyang. I mean, I don't know if Amtrak goes all the way there, but if they do, you know, I'll bring a couple of books, just, you know, get it, get a really nice car, be a sleeper car, just, you know, make it a chill thing. I know someone who actually took an Amtrak all the way to a YDA meeting. Oh, I've heard of that happening. I don't think that's ever a good idea. So I miss the old Amtrak because I can't fly. Well, I mean, I can fly, but it's, it's. Well, it's hard on your arms. It's yeah, it's hard on my arms and also my heart. Like I didn't realize like how much I was afraid of flying until I wore my Fitbit on the plane a couple of years ago. My heart rate spiked up to like 150, my resting heart rate mm-hmm. at takeoff and stayed there for the entire flight, like between 150 and 160. So, you know, it was great for my waistline. I burned a ton of calories um sitting there terrified out of my mind. <laughs> but uh, that's why I drive to YDA meetings. Um, anyway, I used to take the I used to take Amtrak when driving wasn't an option, or I just didn't want to drive. And the old sleeper cars before they raised the rates were amazing. Like you could you could go from Chicago to Philly for one hundred twenty five bucks with a steak with a steak dinner and like a nice like hundred ish square foot uh, cabin all. The- it was great. I loved it. I did. Um, uh, I did a sleeper once with my dad. We did the uh, air train, so we went from just outside DC to just outside Orlando for a family trip down to, guess it was Palm Beach. Uh, so my mom flew down. This like when my dad was. It's like um, a few months after nine eleven. So my dad was still afraid of flying and all that. It was fine. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. I I also, uh, before we moved out to Wisconsin, I used to take the train from Philadelphia to uh, Burlington, Vermont, every couple months to visit my wife um, when she was my girlfriend. And that was a pretty awesome experience. Um, you know, the, the train in New York was a little crowded, but after you left the city, it just got progressively less crowded um, until you got to the end when it was basically you and maybe six other people in the entire car uh, passing around a bottle of booze while the conductor pretended that you weren't doing that. Uh, (laughs) Every time, every single time I went to Vermont uh, on the train, Uh, those, those were the good days back when Amtrak wasn't trying to be profitable. <laughs> uh, those are the times. And 
Then yeah. I got into Young Dems and it got even crazier. I actually think that Young Dems is pretty uh, pretty restrained about that sort of thing. Salt Lake City. That was an interesting uh, uh, voting time. Oh, yeah. I mean, the voting's always insane, no matter yeah. where. Um, people get angry. You know, people make mimosas on the floor, which is a fine idea. Oh, actually, in Indianapolis, when they someone asked about the beer cans, everyone starts screaming narc. Narc? Yeah. Yes. Narc. <laughs> so, funny story about narc. When I was running for uh, second vice chair of the rural caucus, narc was the person I beat. Ah. Mm. <laughs> And, and what is the lesson here? I mean, there are... Don't be... Don't be <laughs> yeah. Stitches do get stitches and don't get elected to any sort of leadership positions within the Young Democrats of America. To, like, to be fair to Narc, he did have a point. People should not have left their empties on the floor. That was... Well, that that's was, just rude fighting staff, yeah. Yeah. Rude. And people should not have done that. And... That was like a very low class thing of them to do to our non-union hotel workers who definitely weren't making up making enough money to put up with that shit. That said, don't ruin what could have actually ended up being a very long day for all of us. Yeah, you know, I was I was very happily surprised that voting wrapped up as promptly as it did, and we only had that one time where uh, we had to overrule judicial counsel from the floor. Sorry, Ben. Middle fingers <laughs> waving around. It was a stupid decision and nobody was rational when they overturned our decision. Fuck all of you. I think everything involving the saga of two Michigans was completely irrational. Oh, completely. So but when the entire board, when the entire body decides that they need to overturn a decision that the council took a fair amount of time deliberating and making because the chair of the committee whose original decision was being overturned was personally offended by it because he had never gotten in trouble before. That's obnoxious. That is not a good precedent. I mean, I really think that like if unsuccessful Michigan had drafted their complaint in a slightly different way, they may have been upheld. Oh, yeah, because the header of it was, uh, you know, they, they said something just, they made it sound in the header of their complaint to us like it was a complaint towards the chair of that committee, which it wasn't. And I explained this to everyone going forward, like it's not, there's no disciplinary action, no one's actually in trouble. They just didn't like a decision that the committee made and think it needs to be overruled. And they gave us an okay enough reason why that enough members of the council were willing to overturn it. I admittedly, like, I, I didn't even want it to, I didn't even want the vote to come out the way it did, but I was so annoyed by the petty rationale that people had for overturning it in general session. I mean, I voted to overturn it in general session. Um, I think I did too, but it was... <laughs> <laughs> for both of you, little fingers for both of you. Bad decision. I question your judgment. However, in my defense, I literally was saying this to my state president because when he first wanted me to be on credentials, he's I was like, please, for the love of God, I don't want to do credentials. You know, I just want to have a nice, quiet weekend where I don't have to do too much work. 
he says, but I need someone on credentials. I'm like, just give it to someone of the new people. Like, let them just learn YDA. And he said, but this is going to be a fun one. I like, yes, I heard about the two Michigans and stuff. And my decision is that we just have them do a fight to the death. And actually, so when we had our delegation call just before the meeting, we actually passed a resolution within our delegation telling our person that whenever possible, that they should have some sort of battle between the two Michigans. Yeah. So I had both Michigans partying in my room at different times throughout that convention. Someone from one of their delegations kept trying to tell me about whatever was going on in the allegedly closed Judicial Council proceedings. <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> mm-hmm. I had very strict rules on the members of the Judicial Council in my chairmanship that they were not to talk about what was happening. Oh yeah, no. This this was one of the Michigan. This wasn't one of your. This wasn't one of your judicial council people. Um, Just saying. Yeah, and I I said I don't. I don't want to know. I don't care. I know how Wisconsin's voting in credentials, and I know how Wisconsin's going to vote on the floor. Uh, (laughs) You know. And honestly, I don't even remember which way did we end up going. So I'm guessing the new Michigan is the new one. Yeah, New Michigan beat out Old Michigan by like I think it was like one vote at yeah. and then when and then Old Michigan took it to Judicial Council, and then Judicial Council ruled for Old Michigan, but because of the ruling that Old Michigan asked for, New Michigan was able to get all of the votes on the floor to overturn the ruling for Old Michigan, and yeah, that's and. Literally the entire time. The ruling did not come because of the ruling that we made. The ruling came because the chair of the credentials committee was a brat. Yeah. I'm sorry, that's the hell I'm going to die on. He was a child about it. So people had attachment to him. He was aging out. He was a member of YDA and they didn't want to upset him. So they made a bad decision. I think the best part of the saga of two Michigans is the song will the real Michigan please stand up? And uh, I'm going to leave it at that. Although I am so glad that that was the biggest fight that we had at YDA. I mean, that's really mild by some. Also, I will admit, okay. Can someone explain to me why no one has yet put in the, uh, proposed the rule that you cannot run for multiple VP positions at once? I think think it's really for the situation that we saw where either there isn't a full slate or, you know, somebody may make the decision because it's not required that you're on a slate. And in that instance, you're not technically running for all of them at once. You're running for one at a time. Uh, It's just, you're giving yourself the option of running for one. If you lose the other, Mm -hmm. which, you know, a lot of organizations do things that way. Um, That way, if you lose one, you still have the opportunity to continue to run. If you know, you make that choice. A lot of people, they're on slates, so they don't, but I thought it was stupid. I thought it was very telling of the rival slate, I say in air quotes, that they couldn't recruit more than two people, um, which is, you know, a big part of why they lost so badly. It was really the losing candidate's choice to keep putting their name up there and keep getting shot down, which they had to know was going to happen. That losing candidate, you know, actually had proxy instructions for Birmingham to vote against me for deputy technology director. 
Well, they've also been incredibly childish themselves about the organization since they lost. They're not the first person I've seen do that. So, as someone whose delegation voted for that person, about everyone in YDA today, um, I have to say that uh, people take loss differently. Some people take it well, some people don't. I know that I personally don't take loss very well. And I'm, I'm just going to leave it at that. The thing is, I've been a candidate on the national level. I know how all of that feels. And I also know, I mean, I've, I've seen it from both ends. Granted, like I won when I ran, but I just have so little sympathy for people who don't get over it after the fact. Like you start of this whole process knowing you're not entitled to it and knowing that you're in for a fight you should go in assuming you're going to lose and do what you can to mitigate that. I still, well, to this day, I despise the person who beat my primary candidate in 2014. So like, I guess what I'm saying is different people deal with loss in different Yeah, no, real world politics, go ahead and throw your shade. Most of those people have a bigger impact and they suck. My favorite part of Birmingham was the part where... I got to drive home like and the part that was prior to the national committee meeting that was all great what about that first that uh second resolution that was passed that was pretty awesome the right. one that was really doggedly pursued by its sponsors before passage yes and the one where the sponsors hugged after its passage in front of everyone yeah you know i really do think that uh someone should because that was a binding resolution right we are constantly reminding uh, President Harris Till that this was a binding resolution, and he continues because, to defy it. Because I feel like someone should draft up a judicial council complaint. As one of the sponsors, the question was raised uh, by a representative from South Carolina, is this a binding resolution? And we had to say, the way it's phrased, it says we call upon President Harris Till to rename the dog. And it, uh, so therefore it was not actually binding under that language that said, we could always do another resolution that makes it binding. We should, we should do that at the next meeting. Just, just to see if it passes. Like everyone, honestly, yeah. Oh yes. Well, everyone in resolution thought that I was absolutely just like making a joke when I pass this and then someone comes, texts me after pass, everyone comes to the floor and says, wait, you were actually serious about this? I'm like, yeah. And I actually came up with the idea about it while I was in the shower getting ready to get on my, just before I left to go on my flight to Birmingham. And I text uh, Hannah Robleski about it. And she's like, let's do this. And basically in the taxi to my, to the airport is when I wrote up 75% of it. And I finished the other 25% on the plane. If we ever, if we ever have a meeting that for whatever reason people don't have something to argue about, we should bring this back in bind in like actually binding form. Or actually, let's. I have one that will honestly start real fights. The pronunciation of Jif. Ooh, yeah, she Seamus, we're not we're not doing that. We're not touching that re resolution. No, we're we're not we're not we're not touching that resolution. That is going to be a fight. Uh, Jif. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, so tomorrow uh, on, on the subject Graphics of obnoxious petty party fights in Wisconsin, we have our 
first uh, our first tier uh, caucuses tomorrow to elect the delegates um, for the DNC meeting, which I would be shocked if we still end up having. Uh, and uh, that's going to be fun because everyone in their pet dog has filed for delegates since it's in Wisconsin. Um, I don't know why. I, I mean, like, I really, I don't know why so many people have filed to be delegates. Um, well, you'd, you'd probably be like a, a Pleo, wouldn't you, Charles? Uh, no, usually uh, Pleo stops a little bit short of me because you have to give it to the mayors of Madison, Milwaukee, and a bunch of other people. And Wisconsin just doesn't have that many people who live here. So like by the time we're done with our with our Pleo spots, um, there are usually a handful of county board people who also who will get it before they go to like people who are elected by statewide constituencies. Uh, so I'm 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 gonna take I'm gonna take a run at district level delegate, but I'm not really putting too much effort into it, and I'm just gonna get myself named at large. To I'm hoping for an at large. Yeah, and that's 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 the thing for me. Like, if you want to get elected as a district level delegate here, you pack your room, and that's that. Um, but I was feeling kind of lazy. Not gonna lie. Um, I didn't want to spend like two weeks rigging my various county caucuses um, so that I, I could get myself elected to one of the four male spots for Biden. Because um, that's that's too much hassle. Like if I'm gonna do that, I should like get elected Young Dems chair or something. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, <clears throat> So I filed, I know most of the people who are going to be voting, half of, half of them don't care for me, the other half really like me, the chips will fall where they do. Um, but uh, for the at-large delegate spots, that's decided by our party's administrative committee, which is the, the governing body for uh, the state party. And that has 47 members. And of those members, a very large plurality are also members of the Young Democrats of Wisconsin. It, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good place to be because, like, it, it, for electing, uh, for electing uh, your, yourself to be a delegate, uh, and also like, I think half of the people on that committee are just going to end up making reciprocal arrangements of vote for me. Uh, <laughs> At least that's the way it's functioned in years past. Um, the only frustrating thing is we have a bunch of Bernie people who decided after the primary that they were going to file to be Biden delegates because um, that's a thing you can do here. Um, we initially did it as like a, hey, truth and reconciliation. Like after the primary, we were all on opposite sides, whatever. And then they were like, then, the, then a bunch of them just decided the primary wasn't over. Well, now it's going to be that with, I think it's the deal that's been made between Biden and Bernie is that a bunch of Bernie supporters will be made Biden delegates for like at-large and pleo seats. And basically both Bernie and Biden's campaigns will have veto power over them. 
Oh, I'm not. I'm not talking about at large in Plio. I'm talking about district level by. Oh, okay. Yeah. Like they're just they're just filing for for that. Um, mm-hmm. And hey, you know what? Good for them. Like they read the rules and that's what they want to do. Um, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens in my state because so the whole thing. Well, there's a there's a unspoken rule in my office. Do not talk politics with Seamus. Yeah. Because I like it's. I work at a college, so we don't really have that. Even though it's a public college, we don't have that much political stuff. But like, they just know I know too much. Someone emails me and asks, "Okay, so what are your thoughts on them canceling the primary?" I go into a four paragraph tirade, for lack of a better term, and basically I say, "Well, first off, they didn't actually cancel the primary. The state budget actually allowed for the Democratic commissioners on the board of elections to." remove anyone who has ended or suspended their campaigns. And basically, since the word suspend was actually in the law, they voted to remove Bernie from the del- uh, from the list of candidates along with everyone else. Reading the rules does amazing things, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so because there was no one else on the ballot, except for Joe Biden, it effectively ended the primary. But then I go into the other statistics about it. So in New York, we have 62 counties. Uh, for about 30 of them, that means that there will be absolutely no primary because they have no other uh, primaries on the ballot for state and local races on June 23rd. Then mm. I brought in about how it's estimated for a, by the times, a moderate size county. They never defined that, what that means, but it, was, uh, it would cost $300,000 to conduct a primary election. Add in the fact that in your state of Wisconsin, when they decided to have the primary, it was expected that, I think they said it was 41 people caught uh, COVID-19. Much higher than that now, but like, yeah. Yeah. I said, well, if you just combine those statistics, it sounds like it's not a smart idea to keep going. Then I brought up the whole issue about having the uh, platform and since I'm on a DNC council, I can say, uh, I know this part of the issue. So the platform is mostly actually written by the drafting committee, which is actually called set up by the DNC drafting committee has meetings with the various constituency councils, which are policy experts on different areas. And then they both, they put in the bulk of it. And then it's the platform committee that just makes minor edits here and there. If anyone watched the platform committee, fight four years ago weirdly the biggest fight was over hemp yeah that sounds right (laughs) i can completely believe that yeah so it really comes down to a whole proxy fight proxy fight that no one seems to understand between the people who are policy experts in very small areas versus a bunch of activists who just really want to try to push the platform much more progressive issue without looking at the whole document. Yeah. In my state, I mean, we changed to vote by mail for our, our Democratic <laughs> primary a while ago. Though of late, we've had the issue of numerous, including very prominent local Democrats, including a lot of young Democrats straight up didn't get their ballots. Um, and our state party has not been terribly responsive to that at the time we're recording this. There's a chance that might be blowing up a little bit in the next few days. So yeah. just going to put that out into the ether. Keep an eye out for that. 
may give us something to discuss with uh, whoever we bring on next week. Yeah, I, I managed to really annoy my uh, local county party because for our spring election, they decided to have their endorsement vote via email, which like right away disenfranchised about a third of their members who didn't have email addresses on file. Uh, <laughs> and uh, their email list is not very well curated in terms of making sure that the addresses are actually entered or entered correctly. So a lot of people who should have gotten their ballots, like a state Senate candidate, like an incoming Madison Alderman, uh, <laughs> that, that sort of group, all young Democrats, um, did not get their ballots. I just very politely raised the issue by publicly asking uh, if you didn't get your ballot for, our, for the county party endorsement, uh, comment below. And uh, for some reason, people on the county party's board did not like seeing that. I can't, I can't really imagine why. Then again, getting that county party to seat a young Democratic uh, member as our representative, even though they're encouraged, or excuse me, required to do so by their own constitution, was a two-year-long fight that culminated with uh, their old leadership finally giving in when I threatened to go after their funding from the state party, they weren't following their, their constitution and bylaws. They get that money for following. So yeah, uh, I make friends and influence people. Charles, you always come off as like the most diplomatic person ever, but at the same time also, I'm sometimes, and this is coming from me, you scare me. You come off as someone I don't ever want to fuck with is you will probably end me, but not end me in like a way that's like, I'll die. You're going to like make sure that my, my grandchildren will never be able to get employed. I would never do that. Children are, children are innocent, man. Um, but no, seriously, like I, I and listeners, I, as I was saying all this, he was also taking a sip from his mug. So he was literally drinking tea, coffee. Still it's, I, it's the visual I, of the thing. I know I, our I, listeners are getting that, but we're seeing it. Yeah. If, if Charles I, is trying to make sure he looks very nonchalant about all this right now, everyone. If I could inject caffeine, I would. Um, Same. I respect that. Yeah. Um, In high school, I used to eat these things that are never called chocolates. Basically, they're like candy-coated, like coffee beans. Oh, I know those. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that that really gave me the necessary pick me up just before lunch. Oh, hey. I can buy a house for $90,000. Sorry. I'm well, I'm going to do that, and then we can all have parties there. Yeah. Well, so actually, before, before all of this went down, and I thought that uh, circumstances might be slightly different, I did look at buying investment properties in the city of Milwaukee that were within walking distance of the convention center. For those of your listeners who aren't aware, I don't really make my money from politics. I make it as a real estate investor. So I thought, well, you know, I can buy an investment property that needs some work and get the work done on a time frame, get it done like just before convention. Then I can just call the house the smoke-filled room in which there would be absolutely no smoking because that is really, really expensive to, uh, to fix if it permeates your, your house. Um, you have to like re-drywall the place basically. <laughs> Um, so, 
would, it wouldn't really this, be considering that my mom's a smoker and I'm inheriting our homes. This gives me stuff to think about. Yeah, I mean, like you can like you can get rid of it other ways. It's just like oh. I've seen I've, I've I've seen people have to like depending on what chemicals are present, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. Actually, that that that'll that's my favorite. I didn't buy that house story. Um, <laughs> when my wife and, and I you should have, you should have made that like the Project X house or something where you would just have complete ragers or something going on during the convention. Yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to do that. Like, I wanted to have, like, a great little, like, within walking, like, within one mile party pad, basically. Uh, because that's... Last place everyone could come and, you know, sleep it off the night, the next morning. Yeah, and so, like, I looked, and circumstances changed. Uh, having kids is expensive, guys. Like, having kids is really expensive. His daycare is, like, 20K a year, which worth every penny when he's in there because then I can actually do this. But like, yeah, circumstances changed. So that didn't happen. I was sad. But then we had coronavirus. So I was like, okay, well, I couldn't have done this anyway. Good to know. Uh, sometimes the universe tells you things uh, and you, you should listen. Yeah, that's that's been my quarantine, just hanging out at home with a one-year-old um, who is being entertained upstairs by my lovely wife. So. Well, make sure that also at seven o'clock at seven or for seven minutes of silence at seven p.m. because we have to remember all those who died at the Battle of Hogwarts twelve years ago today. Oh yeah, that's right, Battle of Hogwarts twelve years ago today. Um, Hashtag uh, never forget. Well, as as you'll recall, uh, Hermione Granger is now advising the Republican Party on how to prioritize uh, things. Um, we could be dead, or even worse. GDP could decline by 3%. Um, As a Kansan, I can't accept her advising Republicans because she cares about education. And here in Kansas, the schools are literally the thing our Republican Party needs the most. Yeah, and considering also he's now Minister of Magic, and that is a democratically elected position. So I don't see that because, you know, that's like full enfranchisement, which the Republicans are not for that. See, Actually, now that you bring this up, uh, <laughs> first, also she should have been. She, doesn't care, she clearly doesn't care about uh, American public, UK private schools because she went to an elite UK public US private institution for her entire education. Hold on, no, no, no. It is a. It is not a public school, UK public, because it is the owls are sent to every witch and wizard once they turn eleven. Yes, if they meet the admit if they if they meet the admission criteria, and there are two admission criteria, and one of those is being able to pay. Hermione Granger is like a little Betsy DeVos, just just waiting, just waiting to age. No, 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 Betsy DeVos. Okay, no, no, no. First off, we all know that Dolores Umbridge was Betsy DeVos. No, no, she was Margaret Thatcher. She was like clearly Margaret Thatcher. No, Charles, You're- you mustn't tell lies. <laughs> if anything, okay, I'd say you. Hermione Granger would probably be the closest we get to Michelle Obama. We don't deserve Michelle Obama. But the UK does. Do they, though? Well, let's see. Okay, then who would... Harry's head of law enforcement. Yeah, Harry Harry fulfills his life yeah. of becoming a cop. He started as a snitch and uh, worked his way up the ladder. You wouldn't be an Eric Holder. Who? Oh, he'd be pre... 
No. Yeah, I guess Preepahara. Try try that one again. Preepahara rolled a natural 20 on intelligence. Harry, maybe like an 11 on a good day. Mm, good call. Um, I wouldn't say James Comey because reasons. J- yeah, no. J- James Comey would be like generally okay with all sorts of pure blood prejudice, but thinks that Voldemort was probably a little too far. And then it definitely, definitely wasn't Mueller because Mueller never finished the job. Seven. This is good. <laughs> who? This is a good one. Uh, actually, no. You know who he could probably be? Jerry Brown. Nah. Jerry, like... So, so Back when he was Attorney General of California, not Governor. The thing is, like, Jerry Brown was, like, a little, like, he was very comfortable for basically his entire political career telling people to go to hell if they were his allies. That's not really Harry, unless it inconveniences him. Yeah, we, this is going to be a hard one to figure out. Um, yeah, yeah listeners, uh, if you have any ideas on who the American version of the adult Harry Potter is, let's just tweet to us, Facebook comment. Let's, let's move this to Ron Weasley. Oh. Washed up, unsuccessful athlete, outshone by siblings who are basically better at everything than he is, lucks into finding someone much more talented than him uh, to latch on to as a friend and someone even more talented than that person to marry. Who, who are we looking then, at? Then takes over his brother's joke shop. He's yeah. definitely a Kennedy. Yeah, Kennedy, but who's the funny one of, of the Kennedys? The Kennedys were all, like, actually accomplished, though. Yeah. Or was it just that they all seemed so suave that you couldn't tell? Yes, even Ted. Don't ask me how. I mean, Ted did manage to remain in the Senate after being involved in a car accident in which someone died under circumstances. Doesn't that seem like something Ron would do if he got into the into the uh, was in Gamut at some point? No, Ron would have gotten kicked out of the governing institution. Mm-hmm. Ron doesn't. Ron, Ron didn't have like connections. The, and Ron also would have just completely fessed up. He you would have, you would have cowered. You would have cowered. He is his best friend. He has connections. But he would have definitely cowered under pressure. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't think Ron could operate at a level to talk his way out of Chappaquiddick. Who's we have to like find someone connect, with connections that's also like also really funny. Uh, Al Franken before like everything went to shit, went to shit. <laughs> yeah, but see, like Al Franken was actually like pretty intelligent, all things considered. That's true. Like, Ron's intelligence-based role stats are, like, maybe four to six. Yeah. I, I mean, like, maybe he modified it or something. I have no idea, but mm-hmm. not. Oh, this is definitely, this is definitely, like, worth almost, like, a special or something, like, or, like, yeah, some yeah. sort of polls or something that we have to have on our Facebook and t- Twitter. We have just a panel of, like, the biggest Harry Potter nerds in YDA to come on and debate this. Yes. This yes. needs to happen. This is this is an episode that needs to happen. We we debate. I think this will work. You know, I guess if we're like going that route, who do we see as Cornelius Fudge? Longtime leader, probably too bumbling for their own good. Uh, stops being useful once a crisis hits. 
if anyone, if and, and I mean it, if anyone gets in the comments and says that it's uh, me, I am going to block you. <laughs> I mean, like, I think, like, I think W kind of fits in the. No, but like, hell, it has to be someone also that's like likable, but like just. I mean, W was likable for a lot of people. Yeah, he... but he was also, and you know, a plutocratic, somewhat genocidal bastard. So. Uh, how is that different than Fudge? Fudge was just a content moron. Uh, 100% okay with the plutocracy. Had high-ranking Death Eaters in his administration who he let run wild. And I um, guess Dick Cheney is definitely a Death Eater, so... You know what? I can see this working. Okay, I can go with this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Does that know. mean that, like, then, uh, then Obama is Kingsley Shacklebolt? Obama oh, was never a cop. Was he? Obama was never a cop. No, he was, he was a community. Yeah, he was a community organizer. Kingsley is a cop. That's true. Does that mean that he's like Eric Holder? Uh, or like Loretta Lynch? I mean, I guess the real question is like, how many Death Eaters did Kingsley let go after it was all over in order to maintain social order in a time of crisis? Does anyone have J.K. Rowling's phone number? Well, the thing that's crazy, though, is that she's also said that Trump is worse than Voldemort. You know... Voldemort wasn't always just getting up and saying racist stuff a lot of the time, but he didn't have Twitter, so... Twitter wasn't invented when he was killed. I mean, I'm pretty sure that, like, the dark mark could be argued as, like, some sort of tweet. But also, like, how many people did Voldemort really kill in this series? You didn't get a lot of them named. There's a lot that are killed before the first book. Right. Like, he definitely killed a lot of people, but, like, his death toll... It's probably not out of like the four-digit range, all things considered, throughout the entire series. He definitely killed. Well, he had to have killed seven uh, for the for the Horcruxes, and then we we know he's killed probably about was like five more within the series. Right, and he definitely killed a bunch of other people because, like, apparently he just loves killing. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone but, has their thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like how like how many deaths do we think he like actually did himself? But are are we also going with conspiracy to commit murder? Uh, we're like when I say like when I say he like tops out in the four years, I'm including all of the murders by <coughs> his conspiracy. Well, I'd say that definitely it was conspiracy because the number of death eaters and it has to be in the three digit range at least. Yeah, I mean, I, I just. I, I don't see him topping like the mid four figures for the entire mm-hmm. conspiracy, especially given the baseline population of the wizarding world. Um, there, there's just, there's not that many of them. Um, and I guess maybe he kills a bunch of muggles did, too. Like, did, yeah, he definitely, he definitely killed muggles. Um, and however, do we know how much of a reach Voldemort had internationally? Because we only hear about stuff in, in, in the UK. I mean, probably not that much of one, because, like, if he had international reach, why was he hanging out in an Albanian forest for, like, hiding from everyone? Yeah. But he was basically... He basically didn't have a corporeal form for most of that. He needed to regain his energy, because, you know, he lost it by accidentally getting ganked by a baby. Right, but then, like, he, like, he regains his energy at least enough so that he can, like, hang out in the back of Quirrell's head and go to the UK... But like, there's no like international rallying 
at all that happens once he's actually regained energy and strength sufficient to um, possess people. So I, I don't know. I feel like... Well, like Grindelwald, his, who was like basically his de facto mentor, was UK and the US. And so probably also had a few other nations because there had to be stuff along the way. I'm, like, I, f- I feel like he really didn't have that much reach outside of the UK. And like, yeah, he like traveled the world, but it was, it's written as if, as if it was a very solitary pursuit. Yeah. Well, let's, be, let's be very happy though that Albert Severus did not get, uh, did not undo himself because then the number would have definitely easily been in the five figures, if not more. Oh my god. Oh my god. You guys, okay, if you are just going to go by the book version of Cursed Child, no. You have to see it. After quarantine's over, get your ass to either London, San Francisco, or New York. I'll put you up in New York if you're going to come do that. You have to see it. All right, party at Seamus's place. I really think that this is a can of worms that I absolutely want to stay open. But what started off as a joke may need to be a reality. I think we do need to, you know, turn this into its own episode at some point soon. Yeah. We'll no, put out a call for some of the biggest Harry Potter nerds that we know. Uh, I think we can all come up with lists and we're going to make a damn good episode out of that. I am the know. biggest Harry Potter nerd that I know. Anna Robleski will fight you. That's will. fine. She'll, she can lose. She won't. Trust me. No, she, she won't. She can lose. It's fine. Um... <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, it's, th- this, this, this would be a fun episode. I'm sorry that I didn't, like, get to talk woodworking with you guys, but <laughs> this is fine, too. This is how discussions with us tend to go. Um, yeah, and I would have cooked, except, uh, my wife cleaned the kitchen this morning. The informal arrangement that we have is that I cook amazing things that take, like, hours and hours and hours to do, and clean up like a third of the mess um and then she gets to eat and enjoy the remaining mess so i think she'd actually murder me if i made a mess in the kitchen again but yesterday was uh homemade english muffins I saw the photos yo they were delicious like i so danforth has been gifting us with so much usable uh sourdough starter it's it's incredible he's really He's taking a run at Holly for best household pet. I don't think he'll win because Holly's a dog, but um, he's he's been he's been doing a good job. He's a good little soldier. I ha- I haven't done much with just the discard from uh my uh, my my starter's name is uh, Herschel Bredewitz. Uh I think that's why I named him. It's in a former gefilte fish jar, so you know it had to be something like that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I've gotten some pancakes from him so far. They came out pretty well. I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, the, I love the so state of pancakes. That uh, weirdly works. Yeah, they, they work. They work really well. Um, have you uh, have you chopped up uh, like onions or chives or anything like that to put in them? No, but I'm gonna have to now because. I, uh, I do have some green onions that I've been growing out in a jar that I got from the farmer's market a few weeks ago. So I've actually got a pretty good supply. Yeah, chop up, chop up some green onions um, or chives and put them in your, sav- in your savory sourdough pancakes. It's a game changer. Um, I'm going to have to. I might have to do that later today. 
do it, do it, do it. You, you, you won't regret it. Um, I never, I never regret it when I do that with Dan Forth's uh, Discord. Like, it's, try to, like, one of those things, like, I always forget to, actually, write, okay, I'm going to write, so I actually do have to go to the store tomorrow, because my father ran out of celery, because he makes his own salads, so tribes is, like, one of those things I always forget to buy, so I'm going to do that tomorrow. Yeah, so in, in one of my raised beds, uh, in the backyard, I actually have these two huge patches of volunteer chives, uh, which... I really just like, I, I, I threw a bunch of seeds down last year because I didn't feel like gardening um, and let the bed get overrun by literally everything. And they, they didn't grow so well. Um, but this year, for whatever reason, I have a ton of chives. So I'll take it. <laughs> and uh, I'm looking forward to harvesting them. Also, probably, I think like next week, my father said he's going to start... Uh planting our tomato plants, because that's like his thing every year to grow. Yeah, I'm growing tomatoes for other people this year. Um, since I'm actually uh, not, 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 to, not to brag, but like I'm actually objectively good at getting seeds to start. Um, I can get rosemary to regularly germinate. In fact, I have a large rosemary bush in uh, a planter in my backyard right now, enjoying the sun that started as a tiny rosemary seed two and a half years ago in my basement <clears throat> under grow lights because that's when I garden in the winter or that's where I garden in the winter. It's, uh, it's fun. Um, and it saves me a ton of money on my grocery bill. Also, I occasionally get weird questions from my co-op about my orders for delivery. Like, why did you order two pounds of jalapeno peppers? Uh, that was, that was this week's question. What, just say that you're on a very interesting scavenger hunt. Yeah, I mean, the real answer is because I cook with jalapenos all the time. There is not a single thing that I make that cannot be improved with uh, diced jalapeno pepper. Like, jalapenos is one of those things I want to cook more with, but like my mother does not like too much spice. Okay, so here's, here's what you do, Seamus. Mm -hmm. uh, make some shikshuka, like I showed you in last week's. And instead of using a pinch of uh, ground dried habanero, use uh, use one diced jalapeno pepper. No, you want to put it this way. She isn't like me using black pepper. That's how much she's into mild. Okay, so in that case, you're going to rub the pepper back and forth like this in between your hands before you slice it. That'll loosen up the seeds and the center part. Remove the seeds in the center part. You'll still get a little... <laughs> tiny bit of residual heat, although not that much. Dice the pepper minus the seeds and the center flesh. It still may be like too much for her. Like that's, yeah. yeah. She, that's how much she does not like spice because she's not American, I guess, or something. She, she and Justin Holson back. <laughs> uh, this has gone full circle. It has. Something, something, something. Like pineapple, that's the real question. She loves pineapple. But she also agrees that pineapples does not belong on pizza. All right. So they're basically the same person. <laughs> it's true. I've never seen the two of them in the same place at the same time. Oh. Yeah. Basically the same person. So Justin creates a time machine, goes back in time, and somehow becomes my mother. Mm. Yeah. Okay. This is, this is blowing my mind. Yeah. You know, I think, uh, I th I think we've, we've delved a little too deep. <laughs> I think it's 
this may be just about where we end it. Yeah. Um, so. All right. Well, it was it was good talking with you guys. And uh, yeah, you know, we need to do this Harry Potter episode because it took over this podcast. And it really did. I think the political analogs of Harry Potter character is a glorious topic to discuss. And on that subject, who's Luna Lovegood? <laughs> oh, Marilyn Williamson. No, don't insult Luna like that. Loki, the best character in the franchise. She does not deserve to be married. Hey, you got a better one? I will think of a better one. I mean, I feel like if Orb Mother were ever captured, she would just find a way to ascend to a better plane of being. Okay, actually, here's a hard one. Colin Creevy. Ooh. Kind of a fanboy, just a total hanger-on. Sean Spicer. But was, was, was Spicy really a fanboy, or was he no. just... You don't think so? I feel like Sarah Huckabee Sanders is a better pick there. Also or or Jared Kushner. Jared has J- Jared started with too much money. Oh, Jared's Jared is one of Draco's hangers on. Yeah. Jared Jared Kushner is like uh like Blaze or someone like that. Comes comes from a Death Eater family, but like unremarkable. Yeah, I can see so, that. Okay, we have to create the Google Doc of the characters we're gonna go through. Find the find the people who are going to be on this. Oh, this is happening. Yeah. Uh, our theme music is produced by Alexander Nakamrata. I've been Seamus Campbell. I've been Ben Cohen. Our special guest today has been Mr. Charles Myers. Thank you, everyone, and stay safe.